0: The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com/earnings right now, netsuite.com/earnings. Welding instructor Alex Declaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
1: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates
0: that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: Let's get to our guest, Abhilash Narayan, who is a senior investment strategist at Standard Chartered Wealth Management. So if people are wondering about the strength of the global economy, there are a few measures you can cite that say the U.S. is kind of hanging in there. That's one of the reasons why we've seen this nice bounce of late. On China, well, we, Bloomberg did a survey of more than a dozen factory managers and uh, analysts looking at um, uh, buy orders coming in. And these factory managers said that the orders are drying up in China. That would seem to suggest that there's trouble ahead. What are you seeing with general movement in the global economy here, at Narayan?
1: Hi, uh, good to be here. No, absolutely. I mean, if you look at uh, the global economic uh, outlook, we've obviously seen U.S. go into a technical recession. We've seen the growth expectations in Europe come down sharply since the start of Russia-Ukraine conflict. So clearly, some of the big export markets that China has are facing a, a growth slowdown. I think the other thing to add to the picture is also the inventories. So what we saw last year and in early part of this year was that a lot of U.S. and European companies uh ordered a lot of inventories because they wanted to uh, go around the the supply chain bottlenecks that we were seeing uh, a few months back. So if you look at the inventories that are being reported, they are at at close to record highs. So we think that the slowdown in orders is also a function of of some of these inventories being drawn down. So overall, uh, I I think uh, the picture is clear that there are clear concerns to global growth And that's one of the reasons why you know a couple of months back we downgraded global equities to a neutral stance you know the recent rally notwithstanding Mm.
0: we are though seeing some optimism coming back the S&P 500 has been up for each of the past four weeks we had a pretty good rally in Asian equities too at the end of of last week Uh, in terms of whether or not we're going to continue to see further upside for the remainder of the year what drives that if we do still have a lot of these concerns about global growth?
1: Well, I think there are are three key factors that we're looking at when we think about equities, right? So one is obviously global growth, as we have talked about it. The second is the picture for inflation. Clearly, in, in the past month's data, we have seen tentative signs of inflation sort of softening or close maybe peaking in the US. And if that continues, then that will be something that that does, uh, at the margin, increase market's expectations that uh, you know central banks may not hike as much as expected. But clearly, uh, as we have seen in the past two years, uh, inflation keeps surprising to the upside. So I'm not hanging my hat to that. And I think that the third uh, key, key factor to look at is corporate earnings and margins specifically. Now, we have started to see signs of uh, of wage inflation uh, in US running at 5%. uh, And if we do see a a potential sort of uh, stress on the margins, then that could be something that that does, uh, you know, act as a drag on the markets overall. Now, for the Q2, uh, the earnings were, were quite good, but, you know, that's something to watch out for.
2: Just quickly on the data dump coming in China, Abhilash, are you expecting a positive surprise or maybe a negative?
1: Well, we are expecting a modest improvement in retail sales and industrial production. Uh, obviously, uh, we have seen PBOC, uh, you know, uh, sound a bit more hawkish last week after the inflation data c- came in, and that's been uh, one of the reasons why you know Asia and Japan equities have lagged global equities in the rally last week. So we think that if we do see some signs of uh, recovery in Chinese growth, given that we think that uh, impact of COVID lockdowns has been limited.
0: Wanting to get some of your conviction calls, as you rightly point out, the sell-off that we've seen in bonds and equities has only happened four times since 1870, or the 1870s, I should say. What does that mean for the sixty forty portfolio that many are claiming could be potentially dead now?
1: Well, uh, I think uh, this is, this, is has, this has been a debate in the markets for the last couple of years, especially with bond yields being so low, and that had forced investors to, you know, take on more risk in, in form of more equity exposure. But as you rightly pointed out, I mean, this is only the fourth instance since 1870s that both equities and bonds have declined year to date. Uh, and what we've seen is that bond yields uh, across most of the markets, whether it's government bonds, whether it's investment grade or high uh, corporate bonds, are close to, you know, their, their past decade highest, and that has made bonds a, a lot more attractive. So we think that uh, over the next uh, a year or so, uh, a 60-40 portfolio, or more broadly, a diversified allocation is, is our favorite strategy, and we, at the margin, we, we prefer allocating more to bonds uh, at the expense of equities, given the current valuations.
2: I don't know about you, but I, I keep going back and forth. Uh, when I look at the improvement in the credit markets and what the stock market has done over the past six or seven weeks... Uh, I, I feel as though, yeah, there's some wisdom there looking out beyond, you know, whatever. And then I look at the bond market and the inversion of the yield curve, and I start getting depressed again. Is there anything I can drink or drink in to uh, fix my, my confusion?
1: well clearly i mean uh if you look at the equity market and the corporate bond markets obviously we've seen a big decline in in credit spreads especially in in, in u.s high market uh and if i look at it right it, it boils down to your expectation of default rates so if you expect uh, uh the the growth slowdown to be moderate you don't expect uh, uh you know default rates to sp- Five to eight ten percent. Then, if if you have that view, then uh, clearly the markets have priced in an adequate amount of risk as far as defaults are concerned. But clearly, the value in US high yield is starting to look a bit. But our favorite market right now in bonds is Asian dollar bonds, where we think that the valuations are quite compelling. And while we hear a lot of noise about China high-yield property, uh, sometimes it's, it's worth remembering the fact that at, at a headline level, 83% of the bonds there are you know, investment grade. And we think that given that China and India are on a much more firm footing from an economic perspective, uh, the, 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 there is room for credit spreads in Asian dollar bonds to compress going forward.
0: All right. So we've talked quite a lot of the risks, and we know that uh, excessive policy tightening by central banks is is among them too. But what about what we're seeing in terms of the U.S.-China relationship over Taiwan and the ongoing Russia-Ukraine conflict too? How much is that kind of weighing into your thinking in terms of allocating risk?
1: Uh, absolutely, it, it is it is a big risk, and I think when we think about Russia Ukraine uh, tensions, that's clearly been weighing on on European equities, and that's why earlier in the year we downgraded European equities to a neutral from an overweight stance earlier. And it's it's difficult to call out you know how those things will play out. When we shift focus to U.S. China tensions, I mean there were a couple of headlines uh, over over the weekend. So we saw uh, a new delegate congressional delegation uh, going to Taiwan, so that's uh, bound to keep the the tensions high. And we've seen uh, you know five SOEs the Chinese SOEs announce, announcing that they are planning to delist from, from U.S. exchanges. Now, uh, from a market perspective, this is nothing new. Uh, we've seen other SOEs such as SMIC, CNOC, et cetera, already delist from U.S. exchanges. But you know, uh, in, in the near term, uh, the elevated tensions could mean that uh, they act as a headwind for, for Chinese equities specifically. Uh, but from a twelve month perspective, we, we've realized that geopolitics really impacts the market uh, in in a material way. So we would use the current, uh, you know, lagging of Asian markets as an opportunity to add exposure there.
2: On commodities. Uh, we we had a nice, um, you know, sort of falling trend, which helped us with the inflation worries. Uh, and then all of a sudden we saw a bounce last week and then it all gave up on Friday. Which way are commodities heading in the next six months?
1: Quickly. Well, the outlook is different for industrial metals and energy, uh, in, in our opinion. So as far as industrial metals are concerned, we think that uh, we could see them decline in the next 12 months, especially given that a big source of demand, which is China's real estate sector, is expected mm. to be quite soft for the next 12 months. Uh, but as far as oil prices are concerned, we do expect the 2 i to bounce higher towards bounce one higher. All right,
0: Abhilash Narayan, Senior Investment Strategist at Standard Chartered Wealth Management. This is Bloomberg.
2: Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka.